Hello, friends. Hey, zebras. It's Rob Z Radio. Welcome back. A lot of episodes lately have been about local business in central Pennsylvania. So if you live outside of the area and you listen to these episodes, you probably wonder why am I doing all of these local business episodes. I, I, this podcast is where my passions go throughout my life. And right now, my passions are with central Pennsylvania. I used to work as a radio DJ in the town. And I talked to a lot of local people when I did the show. I don't have the opportunity to talk to all those local people anymore on the FM airwaves. So now I'm using my podcast as sort of that platform. But don't worry, this podcast is all about variety. So there'll be many more different topics that I cover as we go on throughout the years. Uh, but this right now is just kind of my focus. It's kind of what I've been interested in and it excites me. So that's why I've been talking to people who run local business. And Michael DePiro is one of those guys. Uh, you can check out his websites. He has DePiroEntertainment.com. He has DePiroDesigns.com. That's D-E-P-I-R-O. And, you know, for a small town, he's done amazing things. And he's had hopes and dreams, like, bigger than anybody that I've known for his age. He's in his mid-20s. I met him whenever I worked in radio. I was in sales, and he was... Or I, I was God, come on, Rob. I was on the air as a DJ. He was in sales, and we became friends then. And we just recently uh, linked back up, and I just, I'm impressed by what he does. So I kind of wanted to highlight how much he's done in his career. He used to be a professional ma- ma- magician. I almost said musician. He used to be a professional ma- magician whenever he was a kid, like a teenager. And now he runs uh, DePiroDesigns.com, which is like website design, graphic design, photography, content writing, marketing, e-commerce. Uh, he, it's, it's incredible that he does that. And also DePiro Entertainment, where he's an artist manager. That's right, an artist manager with uh, actors, models, musicians all working under him. And he actually has an event called Rockout to Knockout to benefit the MS Society coming up this summer in central Pennsylvania. Well, actually in the fall on September 30th. So uh, he, he's you know helping the community. He's doing really cool things in the area, and um, he's just kind of, he's on top of his game. And also, his Instagram, Michael DePiro, is over 11,000 followers, which I'm totally jelly of. Just trying to get some of that magic dust to rub off on me whenever we talk during this podcast, right? Because he's, he's young, and he's done a lot, and he's going to do a lot more. So, if you're somebody who runs a business locally in central Pennsylvania, and you want to be on the podcast, all you've got to do is reach out to me. Facebook and Instagram, Rob Z Radio. Twitter and Snapchat is Rob Z Yo. You can call my voicemail and leave me a message. It's 814-799-0064. And if you would leave me a, a rating on iTunes, oh, that would be the coolest thing that you could ever do for me besides coming to my house and giving me a strong bear hug. All right, guys, let's start the show. This is Rob Z Radio. Welcome to the podcast. I usually sing at the beginning. How do you feel about it? Michael DePiro, welcome. Hello. Did you like the way I sang the intro? Um, yeah, sure. It sounded really good. Do you ever sing sometimes? I sing all the time. Do you? <laughs> Just not right now, you choose not Any to. Any opportunity that I can get in the shower or in the car, I will sing. What do you usually sing? What do you, what's your go-to? I sing a lot of Broadway stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what's, a, what's a classic one that you that you love belting out? Oh, geez. Um, well, right now I'm really into The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Ah. So there's a lot of uh, belting in that musical so have you seen the new beauty and the beast movie the disney version absolutely love it oh yeah good it is very good i i am 
<laughs> extremely happy with it. <laughs> I try to tell guys about it, like, I'm not going to watch the Beauty and the Beast. That's stupid. No, they and, should. Like, you don't even understand how phenomenal this movie is. Oh, no, it's it amazing. Just, I was emotional. I was thrown. I was just like, I was so. Just, it took you on a journey. It took me on a complete journey. It was, I think, the best Disney movie I think I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I compared to a cartoon, I'm an adult now, so cartoons don't right. quite affect me the way they used to. Um, but Moana, also a great Disney movie. Yeah, now that, you love. Now that catches you right in the feels with moana so good yeah and the rocks in it anyways this is a weird way to start out a podcast <laughs> however you want to start it out i mean <laughs> i usually i was we were talking about singing because i keep singing that altoona song i when i used to be on the radio this guy jack cervello made this song and it was like altoona altoona is my home and it's just oh my, my son sings it and it gets stuck in my head your son sings it he yeah because i play it <laughs> oh <And he> like, <laughs> He just loves Altoona so much. That's great. But he just can't let it go. <laughs> he needs to love Altoona. We all should. We, and, yes, we should, definitely should. And I think that's what you're here today for. Yes, exactly. We love Altoona. We do love Altoona. I should change the name of this podcast to We Love Altoona. I mean, of course. Maybe like, add some hearts in there. Can you add emojis? Yeah. I okay. Blowing the kisses and stuff like that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I had Sarah Vogel on here, who is from uh, the Clay Cup. Yes. And it's driving me nuts that I sound like I'm in a tin can. It's really <laughs> annoying me right now that I sound more and more. There we go. That's there better. There uh, Sarah Vogel came in and we were talking about Altoona. And she was just talking about how she um, didn't want to leave the area. She wanted to stay here and help Altoona thrive. And I thought, yeah. what a noble idea. Because everybody always seems to want to get out of here. Yes. Instead of staying here. Mm -hmm. You're one of the people who has decided to stick around and start your business here. Yep. So let's first of all introduce you, what you do, and why you're here. Okay, so I'm Michael DePiro. I own an entertainment and digital marketing company and a web development company. It's called DePiro Entertainment and Designs. Um, we work with website development, digital media marketing, and on the entertainment side, we work with production. One of the biggest things that we're working on right now is we're producing a video game. What's the game called? So the video game right now is called Zara in the City of Endless Nights. Is that X E R A? Zara? Z E R A. Oh, okay. yeah. I thought it was Zara. Like a Xena. Like no. Xena and Zara or something <laughs> like that. Um, this was, when I first met with you and we sat down and you were showing me this video game, I thought, mm -hmm. like, what a daunting task, number one. And right. how awesome is it that somebody locally wants to help build a video game? Because I. I can't imagine the amount of hours and the amount of work that goes into designing a video game. And you're not, are you on the direct design end? What are you doing for it? So I'm on the business end of everything. I'm doing a lot of the setting up meetings, making the phone calls, getting people to visit the websites, check out the website. I did a lot of the designing for the website. Um, I had some hands in bringing an idea to life. We started on this project about two years ago, my friend Raphael and I, and we started just because we were classmates in school. And from there, it kind of grew into this huge thing. We started working with different music producers. We started working with different designers who worked on huge Microsoft games. And the biggest thing is we started creating this team of these talented individuals from people who designed in games like Ori in the Blind Forest to 
music producers who created music for the walking dead and furious seven, you know, like, that's so cool. So we started bringing these people together to help create what Zara is. And now we're in the process of getting everything in order to start the development and actually make a working game. Are you a gamer? I wouldn't say that I am a gamer. I enjoy a good video game and I enjoy the recreation of what a video game is, but I wouldn't say that I am a gamer. I am a person who loves business. I'm a person who wants to see Altoona thrive, you know, and I'm a person who really likes to be on the technical side of things. So all those aspects combined kind of play into the creation of this video game. Yeah, I, you know, the whole video game thing, it just seems so daunting. It seems like there'd be so many different pieces of the puzzle, and it would take so... Oh, it's amazing are. to me, as, as how many video games exist, right. I can't imagine the amount of time taken just to make a terrible <laughs> game, let alone an amazing game. Right, and this game, we're going for a very graphic, like, graphically pleasing game. Mm-hmm. Like, the graphics in there are beyond amazing, and I encourage everyone who's anyone to go and check out these graphics, because just looking at the graphics, you're going to get a an idea of what this game is going to be and how it's going to play. Um, now, this is something that's going to be nationally, obviously, yeah. sold worldwide. It's going to be it's going to be out there on, on major platforms, right? Yes, we're f- opening it up to the United States, and then it's going, we plan to open up to the Asian markets and European markets. Um, for Xbox, PlayStation, um, and we also want to have a computer version of it. And I've been thinking there's going to be an app version of it as well, too. Very cool. You kind of break it down into a simpler form yeah. for apps. Um, okay, so let's get, let's take a step back here because you and I have known each other for quite a number of years because I yeah. used to work, obviously, at Forever Media. I worked on Hot 100. Uh, you were in sales there for a while. That's how yes. we first met. Yes. And that was probably, what year was that, 2012? Yeah, probably around 2000, it had to be around 2012, 2011, 2012. And even back then, you were still in college at that point, but you had like dreams of starting your own business, starting your own company, doing your own thing. Yeah, and like I've had my company, like even when I was at Forever Broadcasting, I still had my company, it wasn't as big as it is now or, you know, so it was just kind of like lying in the background and I would work on my company and then go to work at forever and do the sales and go back and work on my company. So it was like a 24 seven thing. And then on top of that, I was in college as well, running a business and going to work full time. I'm exhausted just hearing about <laughs> all the stuff you, I used to think whenever you were there, I was like, how does he do all this stuff? It's a like, juggling I, act. I kind of thought you were lying. Cause I'm no. like, there's no way somebody can get all of these things done <laughs> because I can barely maintain my life as it is. No. Um, where did like the inspiration, where does your, uh, your passion come from to do all of this? Because you're only 20, are you 25? I'm 25. Yeah. 25. Like usually that's when people start to think about doing stuff like right. this, not be fully engulfed in it. So to be truthfully honest, I, I have no idea. Um, when I was younger, I remember, you know, trying to find ways to make money and I would go around like, and I'm talking like, this is when I was six years old. Like I would go around and collect cans from neighbor's trash just to figure out how to make money. And then that kind of led into my career as a professional magician. And around the age of six, I had gotten a magic kit. And I started performing and I thought, 
wait, this is a great way to make some money. People like magic. So at seven, six, seven years old, I, I started selling tickets to my neighbors to come sit on my front lawn and watch me do magic tricks. Wow. It wasn't good. Right. But they paid, you know, two, three bucks here. And, you know, so the entrepreneur spirit has always been a part of me, I would say. Let's let's stop for a second just because of the magic thing, because I'm okay. curious. That's that's. I think every little kid loves magic. Yeah, I did. I had the magic kit. I had the Mark deck of cards. <laughs> I would try to do it, but I just like any kid, you're not that good. Right, like you're just like learning how to do it. Right, I, and I know little kids now. It, I guess magic's like the doors have been kind of broken down because you can jump on YouTube and learn all the magic tricks. Right. And that's kind of what he does. He jumps on YouTube, learns a trick, and then five minutes later tries to do it for you. Right, exactly. sometimes succeeds, sometimes fails. Uh, But as an art form, it's a very, I think on the sales end of thing, you really have to sell yourself Oh yeah, as a magician, and you have to sell the thing that you're doing. And and that's what I did. Like, I, I, I performed as a professional magician you know, for many years and into my early teenage years, I was a professional magician. I went on cruise ships and did magic. I went down and performed big shows for in benefits of St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Like, I, I, I've been all over performing magic. And that kind of was my, you know, realization that, oh, my gosh, I love performing but I am in love with the business side of this. I love being able to meet all these influential people. I love being able to not only sell myself, but what I can do. You know, it becomes a, you become a product. And if you market yourself the right way, you know, you'll get around. Um, anymore with social media, we didn't have social media when I was doing magic. Facebook wasn't even really a thing. Yeah. So it's crazy because now I see Facebook and all these people on there and it's it's instant fame. If you do it right and you make something that people are interested in and put it on social media, they're going to like it. They're going to share it. And it's it creates a snowball effect. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm doing now. Um, not so much anymore with myself, like as prof- as a performer, uh-huh. but I am now um, helping others who are interested in the arts and interested in performing. I'm helping them start their career. I'm helping them point in the right direction to what what the next best thing should be and showing them how to utilize social media to brand themselves because I didn't have that when I was you know, a teenager trying to make a living doing magic. How did you promote yourself whenever you were a magician? What did you do? Well, I did a lot of, I found a lot of people who had festivals going on um, and they wanted a magician. I found a lot of gigs around town and that kind of spread the word a little bit until I met my agent in state college who, um, his name was John and he helped me grab a lot of these gigs and he started getting me gigs out of the state. I started going to New York. I started going to California. I started going to Colorado. Like I started going all over the country performing these shows. What did your parents say? Were they super excited <laughs> for you? Were they like, what is happening? No, this- they, they were very supportive of, supportive of me and my mom, my dad, they, they always wanted me to, do whatever I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. They weren't like, oh, you're going to sit here and you're going to do this and you're going to be this. They let me become who I wanted to be 
And ultimately that's kind of made me into the person I am today because they let me explore. They let me make mistakes. They helped me when I got in trouble or if anything, I needed anything, they were there and helped me, but they let me learn. Were your parents entrepreneurs? Did they have their own business? Well, my dad was a teacher and my mom was an entrepreneur. She actually had a business here in Altoona called Darlene's Cut and Style. She was a beautician okay. um, for many, many years until um, she retired and he retired. Now, my mom um, got sick, which caused her to stop working. She has a disease known as multiple sclerosis, and it took her ability of walking. She is actually paralyzed from the waist down, and that caused my dad to stop working and he focused all of his time and energy on helping her and even to this day this very day she lost ability to walk in 2001 he has been by her side every single day since 2001 feeding her changing her making sure she's okay making sure she's clean and getting around to all of her doctor's appointments so he sacrificed most of his life to help my mom and to me, that was probably the most impressionable thing anyone could ever do. And that's why I care so much about helping people and wanting to help people and see them grow as an artist or a business owner or an entrepreneur, whatever it is they're doing. Um, I like to see people grow and I like to help them in any way that I can. And a lot of what my dad and my parents gave me in inspiration and knowledge that's you know made me the person that i am shout out to your dad what's his name that's amazing his he... name is michael too michael yeah. michael DePira. that's awesome well man. his name is uh michael walters i technically have two last names if oh, you never knew that fancy yeah i'm michael DePiro walters because my mom oh. kept her maiden name when she married my dad oh okay yeah. boy what a great guy i yeah. mean to, to to do that and to, to take those steps that's a big move to, to leave your career and and focus all of your time and attention to your wife that that's got to be that had to have left a big impression on you i mean i can't yes. imagine what that did for you and i guess that's why you're on the path that you're on now because yeah. I, just like myself i mean a lot of people they, they want to do their own thing mm -hmm. but they flounder for a long time because you're usually stuck in the the me 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 of everything right and not the how can i make a win-win situation or how can i help somebody out in right. the process that ends up helping you out right mm -hmm. i mean learning and growing and that sort of thing and I guess it legitimizes you to other people. They see, like, this guy actually wants to... He's not just trying to get it all for himself right. and hold on to it. He's trying to help others. So, And that's what I want to do. I want everyone to succeed in business, no matter what it is you're trying to do. Even if it's not business that you're trying to accomplish, if it's another goal that you're, I want everyone to succeed. And if I can be a support or help in that, then I want in. As far as sales go, I mean, right. you used to be a salesman at forever. Like, what, what do you get? At, what did you get out of being in sales? I mean, technically, you still are, uh, but now running your own company, you're more on the the, the right. running it end of side. And what what am I trying to say? You're more the uh, boss, yeah. than the salesperson. <laughs> what did you love about sales? And what was your sales approach whenever you? go out and hit the streets. The one thing that I love most about sales is being able to interact with people. I love talking to people. I love meeting them, getting to know who they are, getting to know what their business goals are. Cause I think every business is exciting in its own unique way. And some of the people I meet, it's, that's all worth it to me, you know, as a salesperson, like if I, <laughs> this is weird to say, but if I could make a living just 
talking to people, you know, and just not sell them anything. Just just sit there and talk. And mm-hmm. I, I know there's professions like therapy therapists that or do it. Or hosting a podcast. Or hosting a podcast, <laughs> you know, like that's that's what I love. I love talking to people. I've just found a way to talk to them and at the same time give them a product that will, you know, help them in some way. Yeah. You know, kind of like when you sit down with me talking to me, your podcast helps me. It helps you. You know, it helps the community. Yeah. It gives them something to listen to. It gives them something more to to come in on. So my my sales, uh, my best, most favorite thing, rather, um, about being a salesperson was just meeting people and hearing their stories. I think one of the biggest struggle, struggles that I have is how do you go from, you know, because I love talking to people too. I love learning about what they do. I genuinely like finding out about somebody. But I always feel slimy mm-hmm. than being like, hey, why don't you buy this thing that I have to offer? Right. You know, that that's the hard part for me. It's like, it, obviously, the, if the thing you're doing has value, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be... You shouldn't be afraid to like push it to somebody. No. But how do you how do you cross that threshold from where you're you know you're friends you've made mm-hmm. a good relationship you made a good connection but now it's like why don't you buy this thing from me right <laughs> become that salesman it's sometimes e- I guess it's sometimes easier than than it sounds but um, when it comes to selling to someone I always want to make a solid friend before I'm like buy this product, buy this product. Oh, you need this product. I don't just go in and I'm saying to them like, hi, I'm here to sell you, you know, I'm here to... That usually works, right? No. (laughs) In my experience, I've never been, um, I've never been to buy something if someone was pushing me to buy it. Yeah. You know, my thing is people love to buy stuff but they hate to be sold. I mean, that's a saying that's been around forever. And I live by that. I want to go in, sit down with someone, make a friend before I ever talk to them about their product, Mm -hmm. you know? And once I make that friend and I feel that we can connect, then I'm going to say to them, so what are you trying to do in order to succeed in business? What are you trying to do to grow? And from that, I come back and I get, okay, so this is what I do. And then I explain to the person, this is what I do, and this is how I can help enhance on those goals. And then that's kind of where it goes into the sales pitch, I guess you could call it, or the further conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, I am furthering the conversation into something else because sales is a scary word for some people. Yeah, it, it, it's so strange because there's if you have something that you know people need mm-hmm. and you know the thing that you're offering them would help them, it still feels a little bit slimy, right? Yeah. I mean, it, well, because mm-hmm. the, the, uh, this is probably just me personally because I think in the mindset of if somebody's talking to me about something and we're like, oh, we're getting along pretty well, and then all of a sudden they flip the switch over to, right. I have this thing for you that you can purchase, <laughs> then I start to feel like... So was all of that first part like mm-hmm. null and void? Like it was just you, you peppering me up, getting me right. all buttered up to buy something <laughs> from you, or is it genuine? I guess it's hard to tell. Initially, I, I, I've heard from other people say like you need to like really meet with somebody and talk with them like five or six times, right? Before you really before they feel like they authentically know you, right? And not just feel like you're there to sell them. Well, there is a big difference um, from what I'm doing now to what I was doing when I was at you know forever. I 
sold and I would meet people and the goal was to sell radio advertising. And you had to kind of do that quickly Mm -hmm. because advertising for radio, you need to get it on the air. It needs to get created and you have to go through a fast process. With what I'm doing now with my web development company, I can slow it down a little bit and I can sit down with clients get a extremely good understanding of what they're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. and then come back to the drawing board and execute that online. But I'm not going to start a project with anyone unless I know what I'm doing or have an idea of what I'm doing. Right. Cause going into blind, going into anything blind is not good. <laughs> yeah. And that just seems just going in cold without having right. any sort of background on somebody is... You, you want to know what you're doing. I mean, I wouldn't go into surgery <laughs> for someone not knowing what I was doing. Right. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I've got a knife. Yep. I've got a scalpel. Let's go. Yeah. Like, where, where are we going to dig in? The way I look at it is like, sure, anyone could potentially do surgery, but that doesn't mean they should. Yeah. You know, and, and that comes back down to the web development side of my company. You know, anyone can build themselves a website, but there's a lot of technical formality things that you need to know to do on your website. You know, like I go in and I make sure that it is laid out perfectly and all the formalities, all the technical jargon is all in place. Um. Who did you learn from? Like as far as sales go, as far as business goes, did you have mentors? Did you have like books that you love or like people that you've looked up to? Yeah, I mean, all those things. <laughs> so um, I went to college. I went to Full Sail University um, and got my degrees from there. I have a degree in entertainment business and a degree in web development and multimedia. Um, so that was my schooling. And throughout life, I have had a wide range of jobs. Um, I've worked for an insurance company. I've worked in a restaurant. I've worked in retail. I've worked at forever. I've worked in the car business and all of those experiences kind of have led up to where I am today. I've taken what I've learned, their methods, what they've done, and kind of created my own method. What did I like about this business? What didn't I like about this business? What did I like about working here? What didn't I like about working here? Took those ideas and kind of created my own um, brand out of that and how we sell to people and how we communicate with people and how my team is set up. You know, all those things are a new idea based on what I've experienced in life. Who are some people? Do you have names like the people you, you like admired or? Yeah. I mean, the one person who actually lives in Altoona, her name is Lynn Brown. She owns a company called Stony Point Events. Mm. She has been a huge mentor to me um, and has really helped um, kick my business off the ground. She introduced me to the right people. She said, Michael, this is where you need to be. I would go there and she was absolutely right. I met all these cool people and she kind of really introduced me to the area. She got my name out there right in the beginning when I was starting this, Mm -hmm. explaining to people who I am, what I'm doing. She was like, (laughs) literally, I call her the best 
wingman because <laughs> we'll go out to like the restaurant or we'll go out to a bar or we'll go out somewhere and she'll see someone who's like a person of influence or someone big in this town and she'll be like oh my gosh you got to meet michael DePiro here <laughs> so she has been a great um influence to, of mine um and mentor of mine for business um locally um Probably someone that I admire who I enjoy reading his books is Robert Herjavec. He's on Shark Tank. Um, he, he's a businessman. I really enjoy reading his books um, and learning his business model. So he's probably another influence. Do you plan on like staying in the area? What is your, your vision for the future? I mean, do you want to see like the Altoona area, central Pennsylvania? For anybody who listens to this outside of central Pennsylvania, like we live right smack dab in the middle of PA, about 40 minutes from State College, which is Penn State University, about two hours from Pittsburgh. It's not exactly, I, I guess for our area, we're the biggest city for yeah. until you reach State College, uh, yeah. but, but compared to a big city, not big at all. But it I, seems to be continuously growing. It is, and I, I've i made this prediction a couple of years ago, but I foresee you know Altoona being kind of like what... Monroeville is to Pittsburgh. You okay, know, I yeah. see it getting on that big level. I see more businesses coming into the area, more commercial um, businesses coming into the area, mm -hmm. um, and that's what we want. That's what we want to see. I mean, Blair County, um, Cambria County, Somerset area, like all these areas need that that boost. Yeah, um, we need the new coming in. And as far as staying here. I plan to leave my headquarters here in Altoona. Um, I have plans to open up an office in Florida as well mm -hmm. and up in New York. So I do have dreams and goals of expansion, but the entire hub is going to be right here in Altoona. But taking over the East Coast. That's what I want to do. That's the yeah. first start. <laughs> yes. That's the first key. That's the first key. And then <laughs> and then we start moving out west. <laughs> right. Yeah. How do you envision that? Like I know you're you're big into web design, you're right. big into social media and you, you like to see like other businesses thrive. Mm -hmm. Where do you see it going in the future? Like what do you do you plan on expanding that? Are you gonna hone in on one thing or are you not quite sure and you're well, still figuring it out? We have a lot of different businesses that that we work with. So I find it hard to hone in on one thing. Now, some people, they do hone in on one thing and they do what they do really well. Mm -hmm. For me, I I like to know what's out there. So I, for me to hone in on one thing, it would be impossible because I would get bored. So I need to experience these new ideas, these new businesses coming to town. I need to experience what's out there. And as a company, I feel like that my company needs to experience that too in order to continue to grow. We need to have a very diverse portfolio and we need something that's going to continue to make us, you know, top dog in the area yeah. <laughs> and, and so on. Um, now, I already work with clients. I have clients in Boston, Hawaii, Florida, um, Ohio, and Virginia. So I have a couple clients in, uh, in other areas. Designing their websites? Is that what you're doing for them? D doing their web development, doing their digital media marketing. So Now, do you meet them in person or do you do that all remotely? Um, I sometimes meet them in person. Um, depending, like now, I've never met the guy in Ohio's in person. But, um, because you don't want to go to Ohio, is that why? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Um, I just haven't made it out there yet. Okay. You know, so it's it comes down to you know people find me online 
or they know me through another client that I have. They give me a call. They say, hey, I saw you do wonders for this person and so-and-so. And I'm like, well, I can help you too. And that's that's kind of where it goes from there. Um, I've met most of my clients that are out of state, um, but there's only one that I have and that's in Ohio. Uh, as far as like your employees go, when did you figure out, did you start out realizing I should start out with other people plus me or did you start out just you and then expand on that? Because that's just me starting out, I wanted to just keep it as small as I can. Right. For as long as I can, it's meaning that if it grows quickly, of course you got to kind of plan for that, and you got to get you got to prepare yourself. But slow, you know, slowly but surely get right. bigger instead of blowing up all at once. And well, I started out with myself and an assistant when I was really young, like early teens. I started out um, with just myself and assistant. And How do you find an assistant as a teenager? Is it like somebody you went to school with? Like, <laughs> yeah, it okay. is. It was actually my sister's friend. Okay. My sister's best friend, Harley. And she was my assistant for most of my early stages of business. Okay. Then when I started to really get into bigger business and started doing this web development, um, I realized the only way for me to grow is if I would be able to move some of the workload to someone else. Okay. So... Starting my company right out the gate, I had two people come on with me, uh, Tyler McCord and Harley Saltzgiver, uh, came on the company with me, and they were kind of like the the backbone in the beginning. They did the web design, they did the meetings and everything like that, and I could focus on the sales. <clears throat> Excuse me. And from there, from the sales, we moved on to focusing on okay, now it's time to grow. You know, how do we grow as a team? Then I brought on a graphic designer. Her name is Lynn. She's from Sweden. And she started her her family here. She got married and started her family here. And she came onto the team and was a huge help in the graphic design area. And early, well, no, it was probably late last year, um, she became my business developer. So she started focusing on the team as a whole and started focusing on different sales opportunities. How can we grow here and how can we grow there? And it was pretty much us four for the for about a year working and pushing out these websites. And then come February of this year, I um, hired a sales representative. Mm-hmm. And her name is Morgan, and now she is working more on the lines of the sale. She's going out visiting the business owners. She's going out making an impression in the community. And that's what we wanted from the very start. And it's kind of because we're growing. I need to focus a lot more of my time on the development of the business. But that doesn't really stop me from going out and shaking hands with everyone in town. Like I, I will still go out and sell to different people, and I'll still go out and, you know, spread the word of what we're doing because yeah. that's the that's the only way to to continue to grow is to continuously spread the word of what it is you do and who you are. Yeah. So just because I have a sales team now doesn't mean that I've stopped right. um, going out and selling myself and meeting people because that's almost the 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 most fun of the whole thing i find like because you love what you're doing you have a lot of fun doing it so you're the you know you're the person who could sell it the best because you're the person who understands it uh as long as you're a good salesperson i I guess if you're a bad salesperson that wouldn't necessarily be the case but i would think that knowing 
you build it, you know what it is, so you mm-hmm. can project what it is the right. best. Uh, it's got to be hard to, to back up and be like, well, I don't need to be so hands-on with the, right. the sales. But that's getting in front of people and letting them you know, understand who you are and what mm-hmm. you do. That, that's got to be hard to step away from. That's why you haven't done it, I guess, because you still like to do it. Yeah, it is hard to step away from. and But I believe that everyone is their own personal sales salesman. Like anytime that someone goes into a job interview mm-hmm. or, you know, they're going out into public, they're selling themselves at some degree. Like even if they don't like the idea of sales or anything like that, they're still selling themselves at some degree. They may not realize it or think it that it's sales, but it is. You go out and you sell your name, your brand and who you are as a person. Yeah. And for me, it's like I love being able to do that. I just do it on a more extreme level because <laughs> I actually enjoy sales. So I go out and I am meeting everyone that I can, handing out as many business cards that I can, and then at the same time I'm throwing a product underneath them, mm-hmm. you know, to say, hey, this is what I do. If you ever need any help, I'm here to help. But I, I honestly believe that everyone is a salesperson. Because you have to be. You have to be able to sell yourself in a job interview. You have to be able to sell yourself in life. Yeah, to, so, to make friends, that sort right. of thing. Like you're constantly, you in, in just your personal day-to-day life, you're constantly interacting and, and kind of selling your persona Very much to so. others. Without yeah. you, whether you, whether you want to admit it or not, because it, it does, like sometimes you don't even want to think of it that way, but that's kind of what life is. Like you're selling who you are to the world. It is, and that's exactly what it is. And people people don't realize it. And that's okay. But when I hear someone say, oh, I don't like sales, well, you, you're actually selling your entire life, you know. Right. It might not be the sales you think, but you do sell yourself every single day. Every single time you step outside or in front of someone, you are presenting yourself in a, in a manner. So since you've been doing this since a very young age, uh, what would you say to somebody who's thinking like, man, because I know lots of people. It seems like... I don't know what your experience is with talking to people, but it seems like everybody you talk to really wants to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that they want to like start their own company, but they right. uh, working under somebody else and 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 dealing with like dealing with being an employee by an employer becomes like this thing where you eventually <laughs> start to kind of you know you resent the person that you work right. for just because when the corporation gets bigger. Right. It gets muddier, and you get more of a number and less as a person. Right. So everybody seems like, in, in some form or fashion, they kind of want to be their own person and do their own thing. What would you say to somebody who wants to do that, who wants to break away? Like, how did you prepare yourself to break away? Because obviously you started, you went to college, you did it as a magician when you were young, but then you went right. to college, then you worked for businesses, and then you branched out. So right. What was your mindset? What did you have to have ready before you did it? The biggest thing that I had to make sure of when I started my business was that I was going to be, you know, stable, not just financially, but mentally, you know, Mm -hmm. like I needed to prepare myself for everything that was going to happen so quickly. So from the time that I left a final business or wherever I was working, you know, at the time, whenever I left there, I needed to make sure that all my ducks were in a row. Yeah. And it's, it's not meant to sound scary. Like, Oh, it's, it's, it's scary. It, it is scary, 
But if you're a person who enjoys taking a little bit of risk in life, mm -hmm. then I suggest doing it. If you're young, you know, even if you're 65 years old and you've been wanting to do this your entire life, do it. Just take the chance, take the risk. I mean, the way that it look, the way that I put it, the worst that could happen, the worst that could happen, you have to find another job. Yeah. You know, and you go back to the sales, you've sold yourself before, you could probably go back and sell yourself again. Yeah. My advice is take the risk. You know, you wake up every morning and you want to do something that you love so bad, but you go to your nine to five job and there's nothing wrong with that. But for some people who have an entrepreneurial spirit and who are very, I guess, dedicated to what they're doing, mm -hmm. you know, don't be afraid to take that extra risk, you know, because there's there's no better time than, than right now because life changes in the blink of an eye. Things change in the blink of an eye, you know, the, the risks you're going to take today, you know, you might not have those opportunities later in life. And I'm like in the midst right now of right. that risk phase, and it's it is scary. Like yeah. I wake up every day, and I'm thinking like, what I have to do is I have to keep reminding myself like if it doesn't work, which I know it's going to work. Mm -hmm. The more time you put in, right. the better chance of it growing, and the 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 better chance of it working. But you have to remember like our 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 system, like America is kind of designed mm -hmm. so you can't fall on your ass and fail. Right. Like you can always fall down and get back up again because there's always an opportunity for you. I forget who said this, but it was, it was like you could you can in this country like you can like lose your house and lose your job and um you know you you file for bankruptcy and you can right. clean the slate and you can start over again. I mean, yeah, it's like it's a defeating kind of thing and it sounds terrible to do, but it, there's like there's a fail-safe built in to our system that yeah. kind of can keep you afloat when you don't think you, you can do it any longer. And I think we all, I mean, some people don't have people in their lives that can help them out. Um, but even in the situations where you don't have somebody personally in your life that can help you out, you can always seek out others who are there, who like angel investors oh, or yeah. even getting loans, whatever it might be. But the main key thing is you have to just stay on track and you've got to figure out, first of all, what it is. My sister's having trouble with this right now. She's trying. She wants to leave her job and start her own business. Right. And she can't figure out, uh, you know, like, what am I going to do? She has all right. these ideas, and she won't pinpoint one thing. Like, did you, you – you kind of have a bunch of different things you're invested in. Right. Do you have a pinpoint, though? Um, I do and I don't. I focus a lot of my time and energy on the web development side of my company, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that I don't have sites for the other areas of my company. Um, the web development is a huge part of it, but I want ultimately the production side, the artist management side, I want that to be just as big. So, you know, I kind of spread it out between two different companies. You know, I put my production for the video game on one side and I put my web development on another, you know, the web development gets things moving, gets things rolling, which allows me to focus more of my time and money on the other end. Mm -hmm. And when you come, when it comes down to not knowing what your niche is, I mean, give anything a try. If you have a passion for doing something, um, whether it's woodworking doing podcasts, you know, I encourage, which I love both of those things, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
I encourage you you to take the risk. And yes, it's scary. And yes, it's there's going to be nights where you're sitting up and you're wondering everything that you've ever decided is it the right thing. But I honestly think that it would be crazy if you didn't feel that way. Yeah, because you feel that way even at a job where you have a boss. Right, exactly. But now you have an opportunity to be your own boss, to build something that is yours. It's scary. It is. It truly is. And anyone who says they're never scared is lying to you. <laughs> yeah. Because if you're not afraid, then you're you're not you're not human in my opinion. Because like you have to have some type of emotion. Yeah. Towards it. But the biggest thing is taking the risk, taking the jump, and making the next taking the next steps to to success. Because you'll never know if you never try. And that was the biggest realization for me. You know, I started my business young. And I started my business young for a reason um, because I was told it's like, why not do it now? You know, if you wait another 30 years, you know, you might not be able to do it. You yeah, know? right. Or it's going to be a lot harder to. Right. The more, the more stuck you are, the less chance you have of getting unstuck. Right. But, you know, even people who are in their older ages who want to start a business, I, they need to. They need to do it now because they don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And that's the biggest thing is taking life, living life to the fullest, you know, taking the risks that you would normally be too afraid to take any other day. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the best advice that I could ever give someone is, is take the risk. Cause believe me, I was afraid. I'm still afraid about things, you know, that I would not be human <laughs> if I wasn't, Yeah. you know, but in the beginning I was frightened. I, I, honestly had questioned myself multiple times before pulling the trigger on my LLC. I had the documents right there. And many a times I put it away saying, I'm just going to wait another year. I'm going to wait another year until it finally came to hit me. Like, why am I waiting? Yeah. Just You're not do getting it. any younger. Right. Exactly. Give it a try. You know, the worst that could happen is you have to go get a job, go get a job. We act like we can't get other jobs. Right? That's the scary part. It's like, well, what am I going to go mm -hmm. do? I mean, the, you can... The, uh, likely, the most m most people, most likely you can find a mm -hmm. job. I mean, I guess if you're completely unskilled, I don't... I don't. I, I can't think of a specific situation. Maybe you just worked at McDonald's as a cook your whole life. Maybe that is a chance mm -hmm. where you're not as skilled as somebody else right. might be. But there's always going to be some place that's going to hire you to where you're going to be able to make at least... Right. People are just afraid of not getting into a job that they don't like. Yeah. And that's... That's most of jobs, though. Yeah, that's most jobs. But, you know, that's that's why I'm saying, like, take that risk. If you don't... If you are frightened to take a job in a market that you think you're not going to be happy, then why would you put yourself through that, you know, unhappy feeling? You know, you want to feel comfortable in your job. And I, I meet people who have jobs and they love what they're doing. They work for these companies and they're, they love what they're doing and they yeah. wouldn't do anything else. Good for them. But for those who have that, um, entrepreneur urge to get out there and do their own thing and not work for someone else or work for something else, you know, those are the people that I'm saying, you know, take that, take that risk and, give it a try, yeah. you know, because you're, you're never going to, you're going to regret it if you don't, <laughs> you truly will. Um, 
because I, I know that if I did not take the chance that I did when I had it, I, I would be regretting it. But you also were prepared. Like, you don't want to take that risk without being prepared. And you don't need to be 100% prepared, mm-hmm. but you got to be at least, like, 40% ready. Well, I don't think anyone is ever truly prepared for I mean, like, financially like or just have yeah. some of the knowledge so I mean, you can have a jump-off point. I mean, like I said earlier, if you're planning to take a biz- take on a job where you're going to be doing surgery and right. you've never done surgery in your life, right. it might not be smart for you to do that right away. You might need to study it a little bit. Eh, trial by error. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one or two patients. No. Um, no, I think honestly that if it's going to if you're going to do something, it needs to be something that you have a little bit of knowledge about, you know, or that you understand to a degree. Yeah. Because I can sit here and say that I'm the smartest web designer around, but I know that's not true. There are so many things about web development that, you know, even I'm still learning. Yeah. But, but you have your own flair. And that's, right. the, that's the important part, right? You're it ne- is. You're never going to find a field where, I mean, I'm, sur- I'm sure some people have stumbled upon maybe like Mark Zuckerberg stumbled upon, well, MySpace was before that, maybe MySpace. You stumble upon a brand new medium. Right. But that doesn't mean you're 99% of the time, somebody is already doing what you're doing, but you have to find a way that you bring your own personal right. uh, flair and personality into that. And that's what sets you apart. Because if you keep the same, uh, you know, if you, if you keep the same model, I guess you're still going to get some sales, but you're not going to, I don't think you're going to achieve the way you could achieve if you, if you set yourself apart. Well, like with, for instance, like MySpace, when MySpace came out, it was the best social medium out there. People mm-hmm. wanted to discover this new thing, this new way of expressing yourself. Yeah. So people created profiles. They designed it with their own pictures and music. And it's like social media has been around forever. No one has really reinvented social media. They've enhanced what social media can do. Mm-hmm. So Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg comes along, creates Facebook. It's not a new idea to create a profile and upload information about yourself because people have been doing it for years on MySpace. Mm-hmm. But the way that he presented Facebook, the simplicity, the easier design, mm-hmm. that's really what captivated people to, oh, there's other options out there. And now there's more ways to connect with people. And then shortly after Facebook, you know, like you have Twitter rolling out, you have Instagram, you have Snapchat, like there's tons of social mediums and tons of different ways for people to express themselves now. And, you know, the next best thing might not be something brand spanking new, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have value. Yeah. You know, my business, there are tons of web designers and tons of graphic designers out there. But what makes my company unique is I have defined my value proposition. I have defined what makes my business run and what makes my business unique. Yeah. And you can define your business proposition just by draw a triangle. What goes on top of the triangle and what are your supporting, you know, sides? Right. You know, my biggest thing is customer service. I, I could develop the best product in the world. Mm-hmm. And what's the point if my customer service is terrible? Every time you call my company and someone's yelling at you. Yeah. My biggest focus is customer service. Anytime a customer calls me, I'm there. Either I'm showing up at their door or I'm calling them right back. 
whatever it is, I'm doing everything in my power to help them figure out what do they need, what's their problem. I've even gone so far as to creating a 24-7 uh, support line for my business where you can text or email or give a, give a phone call if you wanted to. You can text, email, or phone call the support line, and I'm going to help you. You know, That's you answering it? Not, no. Okay. <laughs> um, no. I'm awake at all hours of the day <laughs> if you need me. I never sleep. I'm a vampire. No. Um, <laughs> I, I wish it was me. <laughs> if I didn't have to sleep, I probably would take that option. <laughs> but um, no, I've, cr I've created the support line, you know, for my customers in yeah. case they needed help, in case they needed something. I know a couple of my clients. I have a client who's reached out to me at one o'clock in the morning. And yes, I actually woke up at one o'clock in the morning to help them because to me, the customer service is the most important thing. You know, like I said, I could have the greatest product in the world, but if my customer service is terrible, then what's the point of even buying that great product if, yeah. if I can't get help with it? Yeah, exactly. And that seems to be more important as time goes on. It customer is. Customer service is number one. Now, let me ask you this because I, I sense uh, you might say yes to this because I, I kind of feel this with starting my own thing. My two main things are I want to like – you said you want to help people like that's that's a big part of it like i want to be able to like help i'd love to have employees right and the employees are like loving what they're doing and having a lot of fun doing it right and they don't hate their boss <laughs> hopefully right how and, could they hate you well <laughs> i'm sure there's some way <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet okay um and then uh you know also your customers like just making people even though they're spending money, they're mm -hmm. really happy with the money they're spending because of what you're providing to them. Right. And so many times, I mean, I don't know how many times in your life, but I can think of countless occasions where I've purchased something in in regret. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, why did I do that? Like somebody might have talked <laughs> you into it, or right. you might have been duped, and you were you were tricked into the thing that you got, mm -hmm. and and you know it breaks and you can't return it or whatever it might be. But it just seems like there, there's so many. Uh, pitfalls in business that people yeah. don't people don't put like the customer first they don't put their employees first and uh that seems to be the most important part with just like making sure number one that you're happy but making sure the people you work with and the people you're working for and your right. customers are super happy with it, you as a person and what you're doing it comes down to knowledge when you are out talking to people about a product or or service um you need to help them understand that you're there for them. Mm -hmm. Your customer service is going to be there for them. Whether it's, you know, having a salesperson go out and tend to their needs or someone in-house tend to their needs. The, the biggest thing is that letting them know and educating that customer that you're there for them. A lot of people have buyer's remorse when they make a big purchase. Oh, should I have done that? Yeah. And the thing of it is, is like, it goes back to that now or never. Like, you know you need this in order to grow, and that comes with web development. Like, yeah. every business needs a website, needs a Facebook page, needs some type of digital presence in order to continue to exist in yeah. this in this economy. And it, it just comes down to educating, and that's what I teach my salespeople. You know, when they go out and talk to people, it it's educating them mm -hmm. rather than selling to them. You educate them so that they know – when they buy something that it's going to be beneficial for them, that it's going to help them. Right. You know, you wouldn't just go to someone and say, here, here it is. It's, it's great without 
any knowledge, that's what makes people worried. That's what makes people have that buyer's remorse is because they, they're not educated enough as to why they need it or if they don't want it bad enough. Yeah. How do you keep up with people? Like, I mean, obviously you said the support line that you have 24 seven support line. How do you instill that? I guess that's a great way of instilling that confidence in the buyer, but beyond that, like on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. like how do you keep people? I'm always worried about like, am I, and this isn't even in like having a client. It's just like in day-to-day life with friends and family, is everybody happy? And that's something you can't really worry about too much. But it, it's, it's not, it's, it's truly not like you can't, Every, everyone's going to have their days. Like, not everyone's going to be 100% all the time. But but do, I, you, do you, like, check in before they check in, I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah, no. We check in with our clients at least once a month. Every single one of our clients every single one of our clients gets um, touched. We, you know, we try to touch base with them at least once a month to figure out if they need anything or if we haven't heard from them in a while. Some clients, like, you know, utilize the service to the fullest extent they'll call every day or every week or something along those lines yeah some people we never hear from again <laughs> yeah. i always think because i'm one of those people i'm sure we're all one of those people in certain situations where you're not happy mm-hmm. and you don't reach out yet right. you just complain about it all the time right and, that, and you're giving the company a bad name <laughs> to other people and, without ever telling the company itself and that's i think unfair to the company like if there's a problem you should at least give them the opportunity to try and fix it yeah um, before ranting and raving, but you know, it's not really the world we live in anymore because it's passive aggressive and it's fun. Right, it's easy just to complain. <laughs> complaining, oh, complaining is great. I mean, feels good. That's what that's what Yelp is for. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like y- you might have some good reviews on Yelp, but the majority, it's when people go on Yelp they're most likely going to complain about something. Yeah, people never leave a comment when they're happy. <laughs> right. They leave a comment when they're disgusted with you. Right, because they they feel like that's their way of voicing it. Yeah. So it comes down to, okay, this is how I'm going to voice my opinion. You know, this is how I'm going to talk about the company. But I believe, you know, if a company has good customer service, give that company a chance to fix the problem before, you know, really going out online because people don't realize it but i guess i realize it because i see companies who get knocked with bad reviews mm-hmm. um the more bad reviews a company gets the worse their reputation gets and yeah. one of the things that my company deals with a great great bit is reputational management and helping customers understand, okay, this is why we had this problem, and helping businesses understand how to fix that problem. Right. So anytime that a business is receiving tons and tons of bad reviews, it's either a few things. It could be the service is bad, you know, the staff is grumpy, you know, whatever is not good. Yeah. Um, Or it could be, you know, they just don't care. Yeah. And when I go into these companies who have all these bad reviews, I can easily pinpoint what the problem is just by their reviews. Yeah. You know, like if it's, for instance, a restaurant, let's say it's a restaurant and they just have a ton of bad reviews and the majority of the reviews is is food, Mm -hmm. like it's an issue with the food, then maybe it's time to start taking a different direction with the food. Addressing the issues is number one. I see so many. If you own a if you own a business and you have a Facebook page and you, and people are yes. complaining or complimenting you mm-hmm. on your page, you need to comment on all yes. of those. And people that, leave that stuff 
open-ended. They do. And like, that's the biggest thing. Like with my reputational management system, my system, every time that someone leaves a review, it will respond to that customer saying, oh, thank you for the review if it was a good one. But if it's a bad one, it can identify it. Oh, okay. And it can, it'll snapshot it, send it to the manager. And then it's up to the manager to say, okay, how do we want to respond to this? Do we want to say, come back, give us a try, or, you know, we're going to give you a call and we're going to see what we can do to help. Yeah. So my reputational management system is designed to help um, businesses learn from what people are saying. And it's very important that businesses have a understanding of their reviews because if they're just getting all these reviews and just stocking up these reviews just to show people then it doesn't really do them any good yeah there's a lot of the there's a lot of opportunity in people who actually are sitting there and reviewing your business you can use those reviews to highlight something look this person absolutely loved this service look at jane doe over here ranting and raving about it love jane doe yeah she's so sweet (laughs) and then you you comment back and you thank them you know for the comment you thank them for taking the time to leave that review and then if you happen to get someone who is upset you know the first thing that i've noticed with some of the businesses that i work with is they call me and say so-and-so left a bad review, how do I get it off my page? Yeah, exactly. You don't get it off your page. You leave it there and you make it right. Well, you can't take it off anyway. Yeah. The only way that you could take it off is if you go to what I like to call internet court. (laughs) Right. You have to figure out how has that post violated the terms and conditions and then send it in to whatever platform you're on and they're going to make the decision whether they remove it or not. Yeah. But what business owners don't understand is like some bad reviews are good. It shows that you're real. It yeah. shows that, you, yeah, you're not perfect. And people love a good internet fight, so get on there and just argue <laughs> with them. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> you want to get on there and just go at it. You know, I don't know if you're the business owner. I don't know if you want to <laughs> get on there and just start, you know, blowing up on the customer. That might not be good. But no, that good. gives you the golden opportunity. And I think yes. I, I think that sometimes is the best situation you can be in because it once uh, number one pinpoints something that you might be doing wrong. Right. And number two gives you the chance. Every single person that that person follows and that follows them is going to see the response that you do, yeah. the, the interaction you two have together. So if you act in a very courteous manner, maybe you offer them a discount or you offer them a chance right. to come in to redeem your your quality service. Mm-hmm. People see that and they yeah. see that you're human and they right. see that you are making amends instead of you see on the like the yeah. worst Yelp reviews. You ever watch like <laughs> you ever like read the worst Yelp reviews? They're yeah. amazing. People will get on there and argue with the person who's not happy with their business. Like the saying the customer is always right. I mean sometimes the thing they might be arguing with you about is a little bit ridiculous. Right. But it gives you that opportunity just to to show right. your personality and shine. And like those bad reviews, you know honestly people aren't sitting there you know, if you if you have, let's say you have a star rating on your Facebook of 4.5, you know, you're just so shy of that one star, but you have a couple bad reviews on there, and the majority is good reviews. Yeah. People are not going to sit there and just dwell on those bad reviews. Yeah. You know, and if you're taking the initiative to respond to those bad reviews and do something about it, show that you care, and this is where the customer service comes in, show that you care that that person was upset with the service they received, Yeah, you know, then 
it's it's it creates a snowball effect again. Like people are going to be like, oh, okay, so he took care of this. Yeah, he took care of that problem. She took care of that problem with her customer. You know, and people see that. You know, and people want to see that, but they're not sitting there. Oh my gosh, this this business has five bad reviews and a hundred great reviews. Just because of those five bad reviews, I'm not going to give this place a try. Right. You know. I mean, I do run into that, like on Amazon, I run into that issue. It's mm-hmm. it's the analysis paralysis where you'll read like all these really good reviews and then right. you'll, you'll read a couple that are bad and you're thinking, but these are valid reasons why this is not good. And it, it kind of right. puts you in that spot of like, should I or shouldn't I? And it does, but... You, that- I guess the golden thing really is, if it's like Amazon, mm-hmm. you can't physically go and talk in person. If, if, right. it's, if it's a local company... And you're dealing with them online. You can go into that place and right. you can actually find out what they're all about right. in person instead of just wondering right. online and, and it, it, lashing out. The biggest thing is like when it comes to reviews, like no one is ever going to be 100% satisfied. There's always going to be three or four people or more who may have had a bad experience because, again, no business, no item, no service is perfect. Yeah. And... You know, it'd be great to find one that is yeah. <laughs> because it just doesn't exist. If it's it, run by a human, it's going to be flawed right. in one way or another. Well, I mean, probably even run by robots, it'll be flawed. Right. <laughs> yeah, true. Because the way that the internet is, I'm surprised that it even runs at all. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I mean, it, it runs on like uh, a string. <laughs> yeah. Fiber <laughs> off the cables through the ocean floor. Like, right. This, exactly. It's strange. I mean, ask any computer engineer and they'll be like, yeah, the internet we're lucky technology works at all. <laughs> but when it comes to people's reviews and how they're responding to things, they're going to also look at the good reviews. And if your good reviews outweigh your bad reviews, because some people had a bad experience, you know, is it really worth not trying the the place that you want to really go to? I mean, you ended up going to this business or looking at this service for a particular reason. You know, does one bad review completely tarnish that business? No. But if it's a business where you have, like, so many bad reviews and things just aren't looking up, then you have to do something about it. Yeah. You can't just ignore the bad reviews. People have an opinion, and if all of their opinions are, you know, combined, then obviously there's something wrong. Yeah. I mean, if you have a slew of bad reviews, you got to make it a change. Right. If you got one or two, address them, but don't address yeah, them. Don't dwell yeah. on them. That's, a, that's Address important. them, don't dwell on them, and don't say, oh, how can I get rid of these bad reviews? I don't want bad reviews. Don't You don't want to get rid of them either. You kind of want some bad reviews because it shows that you're a legitimate business and it shows that you make mistakes, yeah, and that's okay. And you're okay. not just padding your right. account and that's with okay. fake reviews, which right. is a, a pretty common case. Well, I've seen I've I've met a lot of businesses that have done that fake review thing, and if anyone ever tells you, "Oh, just have your friends go in there and get, leave a fake review," don't do that. <laughs> that is, I, I guess you could say it's unethical <laughs> in yeah. a way, because you, you don't want to lie to your customers either. Like if if Jane Doe went on a on a business once again, yeah, love her. Yeah, she's, she's a great woman. Sweetest. If she goes on a business page 
you know, to rant and rave for her friends. And then all someone comes over and says, oh, hey, Jane Doe, I saw you went here. And she has no idea what she's talking about. (laughs) Like then that completely ruins the experience. So don't don't lie about it. Just let people review them. I would suggest making lots of fake accounts (laughs) and writing your own fake reviews. So you know what you're talking about. I I wouldn't do that either. (laughs) Not only that, but a lot of services like Facebook and Google have really they cut re- down yeah. on that. Yeah, they can see right through it at this yeah. point in time. All right, man. Well, hey, uh, if people want to know more about you and yeah. they're interested in uh, your business and in what Jane Doe does, how can they find <laughs> out more info? How can they reach you? How can they contact you? Yeah, so um, you can find me online at www.depirodepirodesigns.com. Now, is that HTTP? It doesn't, right. You don't have to write that oh, out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you go to Google.com. You, you can go to Google. You can type in Michael DePiro in Google. Okay. But you can go to DePiroDesigns.com, and that's everything that has to do with my web development, digital marketing company. And then um, DePiroEntertainment.com has everything to do with the video game and a couple other events that we have going on. When is that game coming out? So we're planning to have that game released probably within the next two years. Are you going to sneak any reference to Altoona in there if you can? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm trying to... How do I say this without (laughs) sounding terrible? Um, It's a lost city. (laughs) Oh, the lost city. Well, it's a a city... Basically, the, the premise of Zara is she is a girl born entirely of energy Uh in a world of darkness. Uh And her job is to restore light back to her her city kind of like altoona like we're trying to restore yeah the you know arts we're trying to restore the culture yeah and bring new businesses here yeah. so so i guess of, there's kind of a whoa you just totally did it without even trying to do it i did it without even thinking about it <laughs> Damn, that's how good you are all right so uh in this social media what if they want to find you and um it's facebook.com slash entertainment and you're a beast on instagram yes <laughs> what's your instagram uh, my instagram is michael DePiro. um you can follow me there and i'll most likely follow you back um, I try to. I do have a lot of people who request the follow. You're not following everybody back. I'm trying to. Oh, my God. It's so hard. I'm, I'm like that with social media. I like to follow everybody back if I can because yeah. uh, I like the – because getting followed feels good. It does. Yeah. You know? And it's, and I like, to, I like to scroll through my feed and just see variety. Yeah. And it's cool to, like, follow everybody and you see so much variety. I had to, I had to take down my profile for a little bit because there were so many people – following at one point that i was like i don't know who you are oh i'm so important i don't know who all you people are i see how it is <laughs> and i and i kind of got a little scared at first and then i was like okay this is just how instagram works you know people see your content they like what you're doing they'll follow you and you know i'll do the same thing you know i i'll see what you do and if it's something that i support and i agree with then i'm, I'm going to follow very cool Thank you very much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me, Rob. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. And we will talk to you later. Sounds good. See you, man. Bye. Michael DePiro. Find him on Instagram. 11,000 followers. Still totally jealous of it. Michael DePiro on Instagram. DePiroDesigns.com. DePiroEntertainment.com. And like I said, if you're in the area, you have a business, you want to talk about it, talk to me about it. Uh, Facebook and Instagram. Rob Z Radio. Twitter and Snapchat is Rob Z Yo 
eight seven or uh, eight one four seven nine nine zero zero six four. That is my voicemail phone number. And if you'd leave me a rating on iTunes, uh, I would be forever indebted to you, you wonderful human being. Thanks for listening. That's brutal.